Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer, so no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super Ooh. important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally, totally free. free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to anchor.fm to get started. Peace. Hello and welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Hello, my name is Seth Studley. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And thank you for joining us today. We are doing episode number six of season one titled, You Should Know This Already. And it's all about expectations and it is a good one. If you're new here, welcome. We have over 300 episodes about all things marriage and relationship related. And we are loving this re-release of season one. Yeah. It is the first 13 episodes that started this whole thing. And so we're just glad that you're joining us. And before we dive into the episode, we want to let you know that we have a workbook that goes along with these 13 episodes. It's called the Best Marriage Workbook Ever. You can get it at anatomyofmarriage.com. Click the orange workbook button and go through that. That's right. $24.99. Way, way cheaper than marriage therapy, y'all. Mm -hmm. And people really love the workbook. Uh, churches use it in small groups, all sorts of things. So mm -hmm. it is radical. That's right. So we hope that you enjoy episode number six titled, You Should Know This Already. All right. Enjoy. We'll be back at the end. Uh, we all come into a relationship with these unconscious and super powerful expectations about how that person should behave. When you got married, were there things that you expected a wife to do? I think my expectations were that like I was going to be this wife, right? That was always joyful and like happy and that I was going to quietly let him make all the decisions. And what I realized about myself was that that wasn't true, 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 true. Welcome back to Stronger Marriages Podcast, where we explore why marriages really succeed and fail. I'm your host, Melanie, and last week we explored the way that chemicals in our brains and bodies shape our relationships in episode five, The Science of Love. If you haven't heard that episode, I highly recommend that you stop right now and take a listen. But today we are on episode number six titled, You Should Know This Already, and it's all about expectations. We all come into a relationship with these unconscious and super powerful expectations about how that person should behave based on what we saw in our homes growing up. And that might be something we want modeled and repeated, or it may be just the opposite of that. But either way, it's powerful. So I don't know about you, but even though I use the word expectations quite frequently, I don't think I really knew the exact definition of the word expect. So I decided to look it up. And here's what I found. It's a verb with Latin origins from the word expectare or expectare. I mean, let's be honest, it just sounds like a spell, right? Oh no, you don't. Expectare! expectare. Which means to look forward to, watch out for, and to believe that something will occur and wait for it to happen. To suppose, think, to consider obligated, expectable, to consider reasonable, due, or necessary. Now, you might be asking yourself why I feel the need to define the word expectations, and I'll just be honest with you, it's mostly for myself, and that's okay. But part of the reason I wanted to talk about it was that it struck me that almost all of the expectations that we have of our spouse, or even of ourselves, are unsaid. 
No one talks about them. It's not a thing we sit around and like tell other people. So it gets really confusing because we are expecting something without first telling the person we're expecting it from. And so they don't really know that we're expecting that thing from them, but then they they feel it when we're disappointed, but we never told them in the first place. So this is messy. Like when you were dating and engaged, did you think, oh, when we're married, it will be this. And then it wasn't. Here's Nicole and Charlie again. You'll recognize them from episode two when they talked about the use of instruments in church. (laughs) No, no, no. I think I'm excited to hear what you have to say because I'm very much not the typical housewife. So I'm curious what you're... You are not. (laughs) How are you not? (laughs) She doesn't want kids. She spends a lot of time with her career, which is... which I'm okay with. Um... I don't know. Our house is always messy, <laughs> which is a joint effort, and I know that. But it's just she's gone a lot. Did you want kids? Honestly, it never occurred to me that I wouldn't have kids. <laughs> like that was just always part of marriage to me. So having someone come up into my life that I love a lot says no kids. Do not want them. Do not expect them. Kind of thing. That was hard. It was different. But I don't know. I was never one way or the other, I guess. I just always assumed kids followed marriage. So. How come you don't want kids? I don't know. I just don't. They're a lot of work. They are a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of responsibilities. And I don't know. I guess, like, growing up, being the oldest, like, I felt like I always was taking care of my siblings, Um, especially like when Trevor was born, my mom hurt her back. So she was on the couch a lot. I feel like I've like... You've already raised kids. I already (laughs) had enough of that responsibility and I don't think I'm lying anymore. So... Like you said how you just kind of expected kids to follow marriage. Like did you have expectations maybe that you didn't realize until they were or weren't being met? Maybe a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Um, like I said, I always expected kids would just kind of come with marriage. Mm-hmm. I have since been comfortable with not having kids. Like, that that's just, I, I know that's part of our relationship now. Like, mm-hmm. before, I guess I maybe held out a little hope that that would change. You've never been super honest with me about that. I've always been honest. No, <laughs> you've always told me it's fine. It is fine. But obviously it's not. No, it is. But you just said that it wasn't. <laughs> that is not what I said. So I took fine to be. Yeah, it's fine. Like, don't want kids. But you were just saying that you've been holding out hope that we would have kids. Maybe so, we'll yeah. Just don't want kids. So you thought that you could just, like, dump everything? Yeah, I just. Me? Yeah, I thought, well, what won't he. Think, he'll understand it. I think that, um. That's how you've hurt me the most and worst, by assuming that I could be that person for you. Listening to Nicole and Charlie talk about having kids, and Seth and I talk about my expectation that he would absorb all of my criticisms the same way that my father had, it struck me that people have like a million micro-expectations about pretty much every single thing that we do think and feel. And almost all of it is unspoken. For example, I expect that my jacket will keep me warm, but I don't tell you about it. I expect to burn my mouth if I drink my coffee too quickly, and I expect to get a speeding ticket if I drive too fast. But nary a word is ever spoken about it. So I sat down with a friend of mine. Oh, hi. Her two children. Always likes Lunchables. And our tiny Jack Russell Terrier that was trying to eat the snacks from the two children. Well, she likes little babies who are short, too. To talk about expectations and what that looked like in her marriage. And y'all... It's not easy recording a podcast with children, but we got there. Meet Allie. Well, I guess, like, for me, when... What the... I just put a... Uh, freaking... Sometimes that's how it goes, people. I was really young when we got married. I was 21. I was homeschooled. My favorite things were, like, Little House on the Prairie and, like, fairy tales and just, like, really unrealistic stories of what things look like, I guess. I think I thought it was going to be basically like an Instagram filter. Like I really thought it was going to be like perfect and there was never going to be 
anything that we couldn't discuss like and get over really quickly. I thought that like Nick was always going to love me and serve me and be patient and I'd seen like marriages kind of where people fight and disagree and I just thought that they were just wrong and they weren't trying hard enough and there was no way that Nick and I were those kinds of people that wouldn't try hard enough. My expectations were that he was this like southern gentleman like Nicholas Sparks novel guy and he really is an introverted weirdo who wants to listen to horrible music and headphones all day. Like <laughs> that is the reality. So I think that's what's difficult too. Yeah. And I didn't know who he was. Not that I wouldn't have married him, but my expectations would have been different. Yeah. Had I just sat down and said to him, like, this is what I have always like expected or dreamed of marriage, he would have laughed at me and said, like, no way, that is not even what God expects for marriage. Like that is what society has made this this thing or for some reason like your weird fairy tale personality has made up but he he would not have the pressure wouldn't have been there we would have talked about it we would have like it would have become this funny thing like oh yeah Ali expected that I was gonna brush her hair in a bathtub every night like it's not real it's <laughs> good it's true good but you know like I just I expected that it was gonna be like soft and candles and it was it's real life is not that so Allie brought up an aspect of expectations that I hadn't really considered before. I think my expectations were that like I was going to be this wife, right, that was always joyful and like happy and that I was going to quietly let him make all the decisions and just be that like person that makes a home fancy and like calm and cooks everything and does all this. And what I realized about myself was that that wasn't true. And I think I kept thinking, well, when we have kids, like, I'll be a better wife, I'll be a better mom, like, I'll want to do that more because I'm not working at 3 a.m. making coffee for people. Like, when this happens, I'll be better at this or that. So I I don't really want to say that all of my expectations were on the way that Nick was supposed to be, but a lot of them, too, were how I expected I was going to be as a wife. I really thought I was going to be, like, a 1950s housewife. I haven't really been very good at anything in my life. Like I'm not a good a good artist or I'm not a great athlete and I, I don't really have anything that people are like, oh, Allie, she's really good at this. And so I thought like I could nail it with being a wife. And so I think my perception of myself was really wrong. I thought that um, when I got married, all the things that were hurting were gonna go away. All of the fears or disappointments and things that I had were gonna go away and be replaced by just the fact that I was now a wife, like the one thing I always wanted to be. And I just don't think I was created to wake up before my husband goes to work and make him like eggs and breakfast and lunch. And um, I thought I would, like I thought that was what I w- what would happen. Like I would get married and transform into a wife. Get married and transform into a wife. Get married and transform into a wife. I wasn't gonna still be me. I was gonna be like a wife version of me. Here's Seth and I again, talking to our producer, Matt. I love the spin that she puts on it. When we got married, I don't think that I had expectations of myself. Hmm. I know for sure I had expectations of you, mostly that were like founded in family of origin, how my dad was. I thought, well, Seth will be just like my dad. That's basically, I think, all I expected. Mm -hmm. Did she just get this from Disney movies? Or is the church teacher that? Like, where did she get those? The, she says 1950s was just sitcoms. She was watching Leave it to Beaver too much. Like, how did, <laughs> She was homeschooled, right? Uh-huh. So she's in this really closed community. She had every Disney princess outfit when she yeah. was a little kid. I had like a rock and a pair of scissors when I was a little mm-hmm. kid. So Allie had so much stuff. She had, And she just loved like Little House on the Prairie and fairy tales and anything yeah. that was like magical but that was really fostered in her family in a great way. I don't think it's negative. And then also fostered probably in the homeschooling system of nothing bad will ever happen. So that seems like a problem to me. It almost says seems that like instead of all Disney princesses and happy movies and media, you it would be better off for people to see some of the stuff that that we're making today or anti-hero stuff or the mm-hmm. or, you know Louis C.K. and and be, I've always thought this 
was is interesting is when I was young, I would hear Rodney Dangerfield and stand up comedians, and they would they would always talk about how bad marriage is, and I never understood why they would do that unless it was completely true. Like I've always felt like they were telling the truth; otherwise, it wouldn't make sense to make those jokes, and it wouldn't make people laugh. Right, and so. Disney and princess movies and your parents t- telling you how great everything's going to be for you, that does have a negative side. I know, um, and, and I'm sure Allie would agree with this. Like, Allie watched my relationship with Seth when we were very first married and we didn't have kids yet. She was my friend, and she would see him come into Starbucks, and we would be all lovey-dovey, and we would make coffees and sit together, and I would tell her things like, yeah, Seth reads books to me at night, because that was a thing we did for, like, one time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, like, that in her mind cemented. Yeah. And and Seth is Southern. He had an accent then. <laughs> um, and so, like, all of it, he would come through the drive through and it was, like, this romantic thing. Uh-huh. And so, in her mind, that's what... A modern relationship looks like it's you know from the outside it, it looks very so idyllic great idyllic and it mirrored maybe a lot of disney movies like wow these guys look great together they're happy they're so they're loving. so attractive they're so attractive <laughs> they're sexy humans uh but, but i think uh, maybe maybe a synopsis of of this is an imbalanced delivery of anything can only deliver an imbalanced perception of things, right? Yeah. yeah. So, oh, um, you grow up a sheltered life. You you expect this. Then once you get into it, it's like, wow, this takes work. This takes effort. This takes change on my part. Mm-hmm. Well, and then I think too in Disney movies, I think of uh, Snow White. She goes into the Seven Dwarves house and it's like a mess. And what does she do? She cleans it. But like with the most amount of joy and she sings and she scrubs and the squirrels scrub and the deer scrubs, you know? So it's like, she takes a situation that is crappy and turns it into a magical musical piece, mm-hmm, right? right? And so in Allie's mind, conflict will be resolved with singing and squirrels dancing and the deer scrubbing the dishes with its tail, right? right. right? So, but she wasn't allowed to watch Rodney Dangerfield special where he says, I get no respect, take my wife, please. She should have been, man- that should have been required to watch that after Snow White, right? Yeah, I guess, yeah. So, yeah, but I think it's interesting because the idea that she had an expectation of herself that she would be Snow White, essentially, that she could make the negative thing into a positive thing. She could make a dress out of a rag or whatever it was. Um, And that she felt disappointed in herself in that, I think is really important to Mm -hmm. note, I guess. The most important part in premarital counseling, in my belief, is realistic expectations. Realistic expectations, which means it's going to take work. Just because we love each other, feeling-wise, is not going to be adequately preparing us to make a life work. We have to actually have practical tools, too, not just a feeling. So feelings are good. They need to be balanced with practical things, practical things, practical things, practical things. I hope you recognize that voice by now. That is the lovely Dr. Claudia Groff-Grounds talking with my husband at Seattle Pacific University. Like we, we don't approach any other major life events with the naivete of marriage, do we? Yeah, I mean, look at driver's licensing. You need to have practice and take tests and stuff like that. We have nothing like that in our marriage licenses, you know. Yeah. And it's it's pretty ridiculous to me in terms yeah. of this is a pretty powerful machine, this marriage. It can yeah. be very constructive or very destructive, just like a car can be. Mm-hmm. And yet we really don't. We really don't support that very yeah. well, which is which is sad to me. Claudia brings up such an amazing point here. Think about all the work that it took for you to get your driver's license. You had to go to a class, get in a car, learn how to use the clutch or whatever car you were driving. You had to learn the rules of the road. And then you had to pass an actual test that I may or may not have had to take two times. Whatever, it's fine. It's fine. And so what she's saying here is why on earth don't we prepare couples for this kind of thing? I mean, marriage is not easy. You're combining incomes, you're combining households. If there are kids in the mix, that changes everything. I mean, marriage is a huge force in our lives. It's not just some sort of unimportant secondary thing. So why don't we pay more attention to it on the front end? Why don't we help couples to succeed? There's a few states that have done that Mm -hmm. where they get discounts on their marriage license when they've done some premarital counseling work in whatever kind of context. Churches actually do a better job than a lot of places in terms of providing some of that. Mm -hmm. But most other people don't have easy access to premarital counseling. So that, just like kids in, you know, high school take driver's education, at least there's a little bit more 
classes on relationships in high schools, which is good. But there's not behind-the-wheel training, having those expectations of people actually trying out their relationship in the presence of other couples, talking with each other, kind of skill-based ideas would be really, really wise. So I think that would be a great idea for our society to be punctuating how important this is. And because the cost is huge when relationships don't do well, Mm -hmm. work productivity goes down, kids have more dysfunction, schools are much more stressed. I mean, there's a huge financial social cost when intimate couple relationships are not working well. I would say, uh, and we discussed Bridget and I and my marriage and other times, but I would say my expectations were low. I mean, we we dated and knew each other really well, had dated, had broken up, had a million problems already by the time we got to marriage. And so I, I knew exactly who she was and didn't have any expectations that I would be some super thing or we'd have some amazing yeah, I, di- I didn't have that at all, and I and I think that was it's kind of good on the on the other side of that. What about you? Did you have expectations of in like of me? I mean, I think you probably had a lot. Yeah, I had a ton as far as like roles that I grew up with and thought would be the norm, and then also roles that I had for myself that were different from my family of origin stuff. Can you think of any really specific expectations that you thought I would? like a role that I would fulfill as a wife? Like, did you think I was going to cook dinner like your mom or do laundry? Like, what things did you think I was going to do? And then you were like, wait, she doesn't do those. I can't think of really any. Nothing? No. um, Sorry. (laughs) We we all need a Zima. Seth and Matt were pretty uninspiring, and I couldn't find any Zima. So it was time for plan B. This isn't really cool. Ask children. About expectations. Oh, my grips, I can hear myself. Is that comfortable? Yeah, it's comfortable. I had the amazing opportunity to sit down with a couple of different kids. Some are my own kids. I love you too. And some are my friends' kids. Um, yeah. And we talked about what they thought about expectations. And the answers were pretty darn insightful. What do you think the word expectation means? Uh, well, I think expectations like what people want you or think you should be able to do based on what you can do when people are to expect things from you it's like a goal that they're setting for you how do we learn what's expected of us well you look at your parents and you see what they do i'd say from our parents because they just they just learn from past knowledge of what their parents expected them to do and usually what our parents parents expected our parents to do what if my expectation of you is different than your expectation of yourself then i guess i'd come up and ask you okay what's different and maybe because maybe you're right maybe i'm wrong it it can be different like maybe it's that my expectation is that i shower every other day but your expectation is that i shower every single day you talk about maybe even make a compromise maybe you shower like Sometimes every other day, sometimes every day, or like that. Are there any bad things about expectations? Well, if sometimes you don't meet those expectations, then people get upset or they think you're not really trying. But sometimes you just can't meet those expectations because you're just not capable of doing that. If you're expecting too much of yourself, maybe like your expectation is to just like look really beautiful and that can be great i mean for like showering and and that stuff but if you're like expecting you just put on like a bunch of makeup you just want to look like absolutely amazing like like a celebrity every single day that's that can be bad that can be hard on you what things are not okay to expect from other people i guess maybe for them to be always right and for them to not be human like we're not androids so it's perfectly normal for them to be worried scared to get the wrong answer to have different opinions i think everyone should like respect each other's opinions do you think that people really know what they expect from other people well first they do have it have a huge part of assuming like usually depends on their family like let's say you brush your teeth three times a day you probably expect most people to brush their teeth three times a day do you think that sometimes people have expectations of you that they don't tell you about yeah sometimes mom and dad just like they don't say anything and i just have this feeling like i know what's to be expected of me 
But if they don't really tell me sometimes, then I don't know what to do. And I'm afraid to do it. How should we talk to people about our expectations? In communicating expectations, you need to say it in a way that's, well, I mean, pretty much you just talk it to them. But I guess you just say it in a way that you figure they'll probably understand it. What if you expect something from yourself or someone else that they just can't do? You're going to need to lower your expectation. Wait a minute. Is that okay to do? Yeah, I mean, for some things, well, it depends on the thing. Like, let's say you have an expectation to do your homework tomorrow. Don't want to lower that. Whoops, didn't get my homework turned in. But if it's like like in that case of where you want to be really like pretty and like your expectations upon boatloads of makeup, maybe you want to turn that boatloads of makeup back to maybe just some eyeshadow when you look sleepy or maybe just a little bit of lipstick, but that's really it. And that's perfectly fine, right? Yeah. Do you think that we sometimes share our expectations of other people with them in a way that isn't good or healthy? Yes. Let's sort of go back to the pre-situation, except the person is just totally fine with their looks. And then there's this another person and they're like, you know what? You need to put on a lot of makeup. You need to do all of that stuff. That's bad. First thing you're going to assume is that you don't look pretty enough. And then second thing is that while you're trying to do something for them, it's just if you don't do it enough, they feel like they did all of that for nothing. So I know that I said my kids were in this interview, but they mostly did stuff like this. Uh... Which isn't very helpful. Here was my last question in the interview session. What is the opposite of expectation? It's kind of a trick question, and I want you to think about it for a minute before I tell you the answer. And in the skin of a sheep, in the skin of a sheep, the fox did creep, strove with the herd, never said no word, but soon he did attack. Did you take a guess? He stabbed him. First, I'll let you hear what the kids thought it was. Not expecting, like, okay, you can do whatever. We don't expect anything. You are just no responsibilities. Hmm. I guess the opposite of expectation would be to, like, just, I guess, do what you're, what you're not expected to do. Hmm. Okay, are you ready for it? Because this kind of blew my mind. The words that I found when I searched the antonym of expectations were these. Fact. Truth. Knowledge. Proof. Reality. Isn't that weird? I mean, that's not what I expected at all. The kids thought it was weird, too. Yeah, that's... Hmm. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Really? That's really weird. I thought it would be, like, unmature or something. I didn't think it'd be knowledge, because I like knowledge. So I'm not going to assume that that hits you the same way that it hits me. But for me, learning that the antonym of expectation is truth, fact, and knowledge, and proof says a lot about what expectation is. Expectation is like an uneducated guess that is based solely on our preferences that we foist upon other people or ourselves. I mean, it's something we don't typically communicate very well, but the ramifications of not communicating our expectations are huge. I mean, people fight about this stuff all the time. And then there's this idea. Expectations also vary, so they're really just like opinions. Here's one final word of advice from my friend's daughter. I guess if you don't meet expectations, you shouldn't get completely down. Because when I don't meet my expectations, then I just get really disappointed. I kind of just put myself down. So you should never put yourself down. You should just keep trying. Are you hearing this amazing stuff? Good. Okay. So the conversation is going to take a very abrupt turn right now. If you're listening with small children, I suggest that you pause the show and shoo them off to another room. Here's me, Seth, and our producer, Matt, again. I don't know if you're doing this in this episode or not, but I think a huge area of expectations is sexual expectations and stuff, especially for people who go into marriage not having slept together and things like that i think that that you is one that that i encounter a lot and even for me it was that way I, there was a lot of expectations i probably brought to the bedroom and things like that you come to think of it I, I i did going into our marriage have expectations sexually that i i didn't realize that i carried both of of what it would be like together and of even myself i think i had expectations of what i would be like and it turned out not to be true what did you expect? <laughs> well, I, I expected to maybe be um, more motivated than I am. Yeah. I expected that I would be better at it than I am. 
I expected that it would it would be easier than than it is. Hmm. Like easier to get everything to have about sex. it. <laughs> everything. So I think when it came to our perspectives on intimacy. This is the woman that you heard in episode number four, who shared the story of her sexual abuse as a child. Here, she's talking about how that abuse affected her expectations of intimacy and marriage. We are coming at it from completely different places, and I think I was receiving too much of these um, romantic stories from our culture and what they say about what intimacy is supposed to look like or how wonderful it is. And I think I... I just really wanted my, I, I, I don't know, it, it was an idol, I think, really, is um, this, like, culmination of what the world says is, like, the most fantastic thing to get to experience. And then I was just really heartbroken when I finally was married and it didn't live up to my expectations. expectations. She wasn't the only person to share this idea that a lack of preparation regarding intimacy and an overabundance of expectation that it would be this amazing and easy thing actually had a negative impact in her marriage. Allie shared her thoughts on it too. Even though I'm uncomfortable talking about it now, once I get married, like it's not going to be uncomfortable anymore. Once I once I do it, like it won't be weird anymore and I'll be able to talk about it. But that is not like that's not true. I guess there's probably a trend in Christianity in general to idealize things um, and reinforce some of the same stuff. And, and and like you were saying with Allie's parents, the church and pastors and leaders and parents want to give us the most positive outlook on a thing, and sometimes they overprotect us from reality. That's mm-hmm. a theme, I think. Yeah. Well, it makes me think back to episode two when we talked about family of origin and being like an ironclad father how it makes daughters feel like they're not needed by their dads. Uh-huh. And it's that same concept of like, if you only show the the sunny side of stuff and that there is never darkness or hard things to walk mm-hmm. through, you are ill preparing people. Yes, you're actually doing a harmful thing by yeah. re- over-representing one aspect. Mm-hmm. At the end of my interview with Allie, she shared something with me that I hadn't known before. So days before Seth confessed, I was in Allie's wedding as a bridesmaid, and it was awesome. I was there supporting my friend in her new marriage, something that I really, really love. And then a few days later, boom, my life is totally different. And Allie was witness to it. Something that was helpful was watching you and Seth go through what you guys went through literally days after our wedding. I think that was actually helpful for me to see that like normal people have problems Mm. because I think I felt like you and Seth were those people, right, that we could like conquer the entire world and you would never have any problems at all and so it was weird when I was like wait but why are they have like they shouldn't have this but then looking back on it now it just shows me how high my expectations were and how unrealistic they were but also how like good it was for me to look back on that and see that it's Mm -hmm. not just the people who don't care or are giving up trying that have problems Mm -hmm. it's like regular normal people So in wrapping up the show, there are a few things that I want to share. They're a little jumbled, but whatever. The first thing is that when I filter my expectations through the lens of what the kids talked about, I realize that my expectations of Seth are really just my opinions of what I think he should or should not do, or even worse, they are my goals for his life. And to top it all off, they are largely unspoken, and that is ridiculous. Why aren't we taught to talk about our expectations in an honest and outright way? I mean, wouldn't it make so much more sense if we just talked about things like this? Like, hey, did you know that I would like you to go to college? Or did you know that I would really love it if you brushed my hair in the bathtub at night? Or, you know, I don't really like the idea of having kids. Is that okay with you? And believe me, I am in no way meaning to trivialize any of these things at all. But instead, I'm meaning to bring our expectations into a much clearer place where we can just talk about them instead of complain for the rest of our lives that they were never met. I mean, if you want to grow a sunflower, you have to plant a degum sunflower seed. You can't just look at the ground and be mad that it didn't grow it for you, right? And I feel like that is how most of us, or maybe only I do this, communicate our expectations to our spouses through disappointment. And how much does that suck? It's like a shock collar for a dog. Like as humans, we can't tell the dog where the electric fence is, and so it only learns by getting shocked. And that's terrible. But unlike a dog, we can actually speak to our spouse 
instead of just condemning them when they don't reach the silent goal that we have set for their lives. I don't know. Making this episode revealed a lot to me about my own passive-aggressive behavior around simply expressing my true expectations. And I guess maybe the reason that we or I don't express them well, if at all, is because there's a huge fear of feeling stupid. Or maybe I'll tell my spouse and they won't even care. Or maybe I'll share and they'll make fun of me for it. So better not to say anything at all and just complain forever? Well, that sounds pretty terrible too. Anyway, here's what we'll be talking about next week. Sex is such a loaded topic with so many couples. And I believe we really set couples up to not know how to do intimacy well at all. Okay. Expectations, girlfriend. That episode. I love that episode. (laughs) That episode. I love it so much. It's one of my favorite episodes. I know I say that about like all of them, but for me, this one had my friend's children in it. Yeah. Uh, It just so many good things. So many good things. Yeah, it was good. And like I've said of the five podcasts prior to this one, listening to it again brings up a lot of stuff. And it's just it it helps me kind of track progress of where we were, where we've been, and then even where we want to go in real time, you know. And Mm -hmm. one, one thing that I wrote down about expectations was something that I really loved that uh, the freaking kids said, right? I was like, good gosh, they have some good wisdom there. Um, but uh, the the idea about expectations and truth, and um, that was just so... Uh, when, when you asked one of the kids, like, well, what do you think expectations mean, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I didn't know. I was like, I don't know. And I had to think about it for a minute. And then you read the definition of it and it translated into like truth, like what is real. Do you remember that part? No, that's the opposite of, of expectations. Dingling. Oh, geez. <laughs> Expect- so the opposite of expectations would be truth, things that are real, like tangible stuff. And I was like, oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. I see where my expectations of certain situations have caused so much trouble, right? Mm-hmm. And not only mine, but yours too. And like where we just totally cross our wires in that mm-hmm. whole thing. And we know that other people do as well. Yeah. You're saying that like what the kids were saying was that expectations are... Um, Somebody else's goal for yeah, you. Yeah. The goal that someone else has for your life based right. on what they think you can and should do. Yeah. And just hearing that hearing that from an adult would be powerful. But hearing it from a kid, I'm <laughs> yeah. just like, oh, okay, let's... Yeah. Let's really rethink all this stuff. So I figured, so it's okay to have some expectations and you're not going to, you're, you're going to, I think, um, have less arguments and hurt feelings and all this stuff if your expectations are clear and agreed upon expectations. Mm-hmm. Do you, you understand what I'm saying? So if I'd have known that cultural or societal or marital expectations could have uh, that that we could have expectations and we could like be in less fights if we actually talked about those mm-hmm. and were, they were very clear and they were agreed upon then i think that we would have like bypassed years worth of trouble mm-hmm. and um which is exciting because now we can like really talk about what is your expectation for the rest of the night mm-hmm. you know for tomorrow morning what is your expectations and then if they're clear and luckily, if they line up, they get to play out. But if they don't line up, if they're not agreed upon, then we can talk about them. So mm-hmm. we're not just like walking blindly into like, well, she didn't X, Y, Z. And that's why I'm butthurt or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A minute ago, you said something like, it's okay to have expectations. Mm-hmm. And I think the more accurate thing to say there is everyone does have expectations even if they don't think they have them right and it's just based on where they grew up so if you grew up in calcutta you have expectations Mm -hmm. of what life is like in the city Mm -hmm. that you live in on the street that you're from and the person you're going to marry and what mm -hmm. your kids will do and and it's all based on things you saw Mm -hmm. and you know and nicole and charlie his expectation the kids come with marriage Mm -hmm. you get married and then you have kids and like i just think that that's uh a really interesting way to look at it. And then one of the girls said that an expectation is just like an opinion. Mm-hmm. It's your opinion about something. And she was saying something along the lines of, you know, if it doesn't match up, your opinion can change. And I thought that I was like, that's a really, or, you know, yeah. the one girl saying, 
change your expectations. You might have to lower them. You can't wear makeup every day <laughs> if you want to try to look like a, a movie star. A celebrity. She's so, yeah. A celebrity. She's so cute. Yeah. I love how she said, oh, my grapes, I can hear myself. <laughs> She's so sweet. Yeah, that, that, that was, was really funny. Yeah, I just really loved that idea that an expectation is essentially your opinion mm-hmm. placed onto someone else, and it's a goal that you have for their life. Right. And even you and I were talking yesterday over the last couple of days, my expectation as a wife in the family of origin that I grew up in is if I said I need a Tahoe, for example, so my mom drives Tahoes. We it's talked about this last Literally night. last night, not even related to this episode. 12 hours ago, we talked yeah, about this. Yeah, and so it was this conversation of if in my family of origin, if my mother spoke to my dad and said, I feel unsafe, I want a different car, I want a Tahoe, yeah. she would have that car before 9 p.m. Right. No question. Literally, my dad, that he has done that before. Yeah. And so in my... My expectation in our marriage is that exact same thing, but it's never played out that way. So explain that a little bit for listeners, because it's not like, oh, your mom gets whatever she wants and she's spoiled or you're spoiled. Mm-hmm. It, it's not coming from that perspective, right? It's no. coming from a, this is a real... Um, it is how my dad takes care of my family. Mm-hmm. That is, it's not anything weird. It's not a demand. My mom doesn't make a demand, mm-hmm. um, but that's just a way that it it works out in our family of origin. Right. We've got the money. We can do it. She wants to feel protected. That car makes her feel protected. Mm-hmm. There we go. And your dad understands that <clears throat> feeling of protection is something so important and sacred mm-hmm. to your mother that he would be stupid not to do that. Yes, it would be unwise thing. for him not to because it, it makes her feel unsafe, which makes her feel more stressed out and mm-hmm. it's harder, you know, all these different things. There's all these right. sort of facets to it. Yeah. So that um, conversation that we had, I feel personally as a husband was very fruitful and I'm excited to talk to other men about that because it's not something that a man inherently learns, right? Uh-huh. And yeah. Especially from my family of origin where needs and feelings and wants are somewhat dismissed. Like, oh, mm-hmm. you don't you don't need that. Like I told you, like if my mom said, I need a Tahoe, you know, like number one, I grew up kind of poorer, so that probably wouldn't be an option. But number two would be like, what do you do? You're you're crazy. What 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 are you talking about? You, yeah. It's d- so in that sense, your expectation is that if I ask for a Tahoe, yep. you are welcome to tell me you're crazy. You're not getting a Tahoe. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say you're crazy. You're not getting Tahoe. But I would dismiss your mm-hmm. deep down need mm-hmm. and reason for And your expectation is I could handle that. And yes. And my expectation would be like, Actually, that's fine. what happened with the countertops. When the guys came in to install the countertops and I got yeah. really upset because I'm like, yeah. why am I here by myself? I do not feel safe. Something's going to go wrong. And it did. Right. And I have no power to change it. I can't fix I it. Mean, it went wrong with the countertop. Yeah. The countertops. Unsafe, and they couldn't right. install the countertops. And mm-hmm. so like, it that my expectation from my family was my dad would never let that mm-hmm. happen for one. So mm-hmm. that's my expectation is Seth will be here. Mm-hmm. And then oh wait, you weren't. You weren't there. Right. So then but then on the and conversely, your expectation was my dad wouldn't have been there. My mom would have been fine. You're fine. Yeah. Stop my mom would have been fine. My grandma would have been fine. Any female in my house would have been fine, right? And so by your estimation. By my estimation, right. And isn't it interesting that you sent me a thing about a Dave Ramsey rant that says females have like a protection gland that kind of... Is call it protection or like safety? Safety gland yeah, that guys that don't even don't have, have, you know, uh-huh. and it's kind of like the canary in the coal mine. And I've heard other people say this. It's like, listen to your wife. When she has a gut feeling, red flags, mm-hmm. God put that there for a reason because I can just go through and fight and do whatever, white mm-hmm. knuckle it, but you're like slow down this Mm -hmm. is not sustainable and men that's something that we need to listen to when our wives do that Mm -hmm. trust me yeah and i thought it was just interesting how the expectation episode sort of paralleled what we're going through right now and how it really makes the episodes are doing that well it's a great season (laughs) but it it makes you really think of the things that i would have never even thought the whole countertop conversation had anything to do with expectations i would have been like seth does not love me he is not here when they install the counter like i i interpreted as right. he's abandoning me he doesn't care because you're expecting me to be like your dad yeah and my expectation is totally hidden it is not something we explicitly talk about like i was saying that using that analogy of at the end of the episode like i don't mm-hmm. i expect my raincoat will keep me dry but i don't tell anybody Right? Right. Just like I wouldn't think to tell you, I expect you to be home when the installers come. Right. And so it's hard because some of the things that are really expectation, um, they're really sort of... Expectation driven? 
yeah assumed yes they're like assumed they're ex- yeah they're expectation driven we don't think of them that way right we just think well he's not here he hates me oh then you get mad okay so that brings up a really really excellent point people don't think we don't know what we don't know right and mm-hmm. i want like couples to hear this and go oh so i have to lay out every single expectation it's like i can't even think of what i'm gonna have for breakfast tomorrow mm-hmm. well i can because i'm doing a diet but uh how am i supposed to do all this ex- expectation stuff and it could be very overwhelming right mm-hmm. but the key is you don't have to you just have to have a sop like a standard operating procedure about how you talk about these things, mm-hmm. right? So are your expectations clear and agreed upon um, when they, okay, let's say you expected me to just be at the countertop thing, right? Mm-hmm. It didn't even register with my radar. Yeah. It should have, and I'm guilty of that, but it didn't, right? So you are now kind of like heated and saying, oh, this, this, and this, right? So it would be wise to for us to figure out, oh, you know what? Looking back, we did not have clear and agreed upon expectations. Mm -hmm. That's why our things got crossed and this is what we're going to do. I'm sorry. I know that made you feel upset. And then you say, I'm sorry. I know you had no idea about that because Mm -hmm. I didn't say anything beforehand. And then we can move forward Mm -hmm. and learn. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you don't have to know every like single tree in the forest. You just have to know how to, you know, tree to tree when you see it. (laughs) I don't even know what that is. Okay. That's a really weird analogy. Scratch that. Okay. Uh, well, and what <laughs> makes me think of is in the workbook, we have you do that almost exactly what you're talking about where you, so I, so in question number one in the workbook, here's mm-hmm. what I'm trying to get at. Okay. It says, take a minute to imagine your spouse doing things around your home that are helpful, that make you feel loved and secure, etc. Ah. What would some of those things be? Examples include doing the dishes, taking out the trash, snuggling with you while watching a movie, helping you cook dinner. This list can also include physical and emotional things like uh, making sex a priority or setting aside time to talk about how you're feeling. I laughed when I said making sex a priority because I thought I wrote just the words making sex (laughs) and it looked really (laughs) funny. Um, So the reason that this is question number one is because the things you visualize when you think of your spouse doing things around your home that are helpful are your expectations. Mm -hmm. They really are. Even though they, even if you're visualizing it and thinking, oh, that would never happen. That is still your opinion and the thing you want to happen. And it's the goal you have for your spouse. Exactly. (laughs) So that, that again segues perfectly into uh, the the alley mm-hmm. conversation. Yeah. Your friend, she thought it was just going to be Disney movies mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Brush you know? my hair in the bathtub. But yeah, and of course that's fine. Uh, if if you tell your husband that, like mm-hmm. I expect this, I would like this. Yeah, like, trust me, your husband be like, I will definitely brush your hair in the bathtub. Right? <laughs> no woman would ever ask. <laughs> Why not? Unfortunately, I, that's a different episode. Okay, we can talk about I see. that later. I but. See. but but the point is that. Even in their young marriage and with Charlie and Nicole, their expectations weren't talked about. And mm-hmm. I don't think that we, we, there's just no manual to have a standard operating procedure around how to. The con- best workbook ever is. Ooh. <laughs> 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 what are we, trolls? A trolls movie? I guess so. It's <laughs> a good movie, though. <laughs> uh, the, the point is so the, the segue into Allie um, really hit me as when she said, oh my goodness. You guys went through all your crap like three days before her wedding after or her three wedding, days yeah. after or whatever it was. And at first she was like, wait a minute, Seth's a therapist? I always looked up to them to like have their mm-hmm. stuff together. Like they can do anything. Right. Mm-hmm. But what did she say that that helped her realize about herself and other people in the marriage space? Oh, wait, they don't have it together. Mm-hmm. Nobody has it together. Mm-hmm. So sharing your story like that is mm-hmm. very impactful. And I... I guess I forgot that it was impactful in that way to Allie, but mm-hmm. like to our own friends, it's important too. Just yeah. the importance of being vulnerable and being real in the hopes and and help in helping other people. Yeah. Well, and sense. she even said, I always thought that that happened to couples who didn't try hard. Oh. You know, like people who just didn't care. Right. And it's like, no, it happens to everyone. It can happen to anyone, you yeah. know? And so I thought that was really cool too. But I liked... Um, one of the things that Ali said I really liked also was that she thought that when she got married, all of her fears would go away. Like her oh, insecurities man. and her yeah. hurting would go away and yeah. that she'd just be the wife version of herself. Like yeah. snap your fingers. Now I'm like, you know, Mary Poppins or something. Oh, do you still? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I just really liked that yeah. and thought that that was... What did you like about it? What do you mean? I liked that she 
said that. For one, I just think Allie is great. She's really mm-hmm. funny and I've, oh, I really like her. But I thought that idea was really interesting that she had an expectation of herself. Like I said to Matt, I had no expectations of myself. I didn't think marriage would make me different. I didn't think, oh, I'll become... But, uh, that's right. But you had expectations of me. You, yeah. I had tons Ooh. of expectations of you, all based upon my dad. He won't get upset when I tell him everything I'm feeling. Right. He won't care if I cry. He'll just be fine with it. Yeah. And he'll buy me the Tahoe, right? Like, that's what <laughs> I thought. You will treat me exactly like my dad. Right. That, to me, is the most safe thing I know. Mm-hmm. And so that my only expectation was expectations of you. But I know that most women, or not most, I shouldn't say that, but a lot of women have mm-hmm. expectations, expectations of themselves, especially in the Christian world. Like, I'll be I'll be really, um, I'll love housework. Like I'll love... Proverbs 31. Prover- yeah, Proverbs 31 is, yeah. Wo- woman. I will be so... I'll make everything from scratch. Mm-hmm. I'll make all the baby food from scratch. Oh, you know, like all of these things. Yeah, the first and, day and then that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'll use cloth diapers until your house smells like a butt. Um, you know, been there, done that. But right. but that's the kind of thing I think it's really valuable that she said that she had expectations of herself and it wasn't even fair for her to place all of that on her husband. Mm-hmm. I really, really liked that. The another thing too in the workbook on question number five is we talk about um, how to find the root of your expectations. So Mm. question number five is take a minute to think about any expectations that you have of your spouse and try to trace their roots back to your family of origin. Mm -hmm. Do you expect your wife to snuggle with you like your... with you before you go to bed, just like your mom used to? Do you expect that your husband will be a fearless leader like your father was? Or do you expect that your husband will be back, will back off the second that you change? Oh my gosh. Or do you expect that your husband will back off the second that you challenge his opinion, just like your dad used to do with your mom? Mm. So helping, looking at your expectations from the basis of how is this from my family of origin is Mm -hmm. a really helpful way to understand what i mean because if you don't realize they're from your family of origin you'd be like well what where do they come from right you know and they're it's not like magical mystical they're no just it's what not you know. it, it people don't think about this and sometimes i don't even think about so when you do well we call it a genogram which we talked about mm-hmm. a little bit mm-hmm. which our eight nine-year-old son knew what a genogram was kids and aren't like, stupid okay help me do one it was don't be so ageist it's uh, like a family tree it's like a family tree right so if we go okay wait a minute just like less and leslie parrots say that's the university of relationships mm-hmm. so you could say that family of origin work and a family of family tree genogram would be like the syllabus to the classes that you took at university we should have a thing called the expectogram <laughs> expectation that's another spell <laughs> i know right <laughs> Expect a grandmosis. <laughs> that was funny. Right? Uh, but so family of origin genogram work can act as like a literal roadmap mm-hmm. or a compass rose or, or a table of contents. Like mm-hmm. how did my mom treat my dad mm-hmm. when they were lovey, when they were in conflict, when they were under pressure, when they traveled, mm-hmm. and 98% you will treat your husband that way, mm-hmm. right? Event, even, Unless you make the yeah. conscious effort, which you have done, mm-hmm. and which I've done, to go, you know what? I'm going to take the good and leave the bad and even get better. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, but I mean, I think the thing too is once that phenylethylamine, like, like six months to two year drug, you know, love right. drug wears off, yep. you will fall back to what you know. Yeah. So it's even if in the first two years, you know, one six months to two years you treat your partner differently yeah that will fade away and you will just go back to the rut that your family of origin kind of laid for you if you're yeah. not intentional about yeah, it you will and that's the same with finances that's the same with diet that's the same with habits that's mm-hmm. the same with how you drive think sleep everything yeah which is so crazy mm-hmm. question number 10 in the workbook says take some time to write down a few ways that you can be more accepting of your spouse as well as some ideas of how you can grow closer through the removal or modification of your expectations mm. and the reason that i put that question in there well who knows i wrote it a long time ago but one of the <laughs> things i think is really important about that that statement is what one of the girls says you know if your expectations are too high you're dressing like a celebrity every day lower mm-hmm. your expectations because mm-hmm. it's not healthy to have your expectations be that high right one of the things that comes to mind is at our old house i remember this moment or sort of a time where i was my expectation just my 
you know, my how my mom's home is. My mom's yeah. home looks like a magazine cover. Always has. It looks they like... they have a trillion dollars in time. They, it looks like Better Homes and Gardens. And right. it has my entire life. Our home has always... Every person that comes into my mother's home is like, oh, it's so amazing. Look at your floors. Look at your art. Look at your whatever. And so my expectation, my desire, my opinion of how my life would go as an adult mm-hmm. was, oh, well, I'll have that same vibe, just like a hippie spin on it because I'm a hippie. And so I was like, oh, but I really want a clean, beautiful, modern home with hippie stuff. But I am not married to someone who has that same expectation. I am married to a hick, redneck. What? <laughs> dip chewing, pig slapping. <laughs> I don't know. Wait a minute. Horse riding. I don't know. But uh, that, that's just not something that's going to happen in my I world. I actually was all those things. <laughs> yeah, I know. You still are, but that's fine. So you're the kind of dad who comes home with a surprise motorcycle on Christmas, right? So I have to, to lower my expectation based upon our marriage and mm-hmm. not do it out of spite or anger or like oh, i give up this so is that the worst. does sound what in my mic peaking what's the deal ah, who knows that does sound terrible you sound terrible no you do <laughs> you uh it sounds terrible because what you're saying in reality is like my expectation was way up here mm-hmm. you didn't perform act do that way mm-hmm and now my expectation is lower. So at first glance, as you know, that's kind of a blow to like a, a male ego. Like, oh, geez, she yeah. just lowered her expectations. Mm-hmm. But guess what? That doesn't really necessarily reflect anything bad on me, unless I'm just a goofy pig slapping jerk, pig slapping, <laughs> dip chewing. First yeah. of all, you don't chew dip; you chew tobacco. What's do? What do you dip? Dip? A dip? You dip? Dip in your lip. You put a plug of chew on your cheek. <laughs> And that's what I used to do. What's going on? Oh my gosh, that was the weirdest sentence. You've never heard me say that, have you? No, is that a real thing yes. people say? It's like a quote? A plug, yeah. Oh, gross. But not like yeah. in the drug world, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Well, well, I'm a housewife. Get with it, girlfriend. Okay, so sometimes, like like our friend, our young friend said, mm-hmm. sometimes people's ex expectations are their goals for you mm-hmm. yes you yes. had goals for me mm-hmm. but when you put it in the context of like i'm gonna lower my expectations that makes me go well crap uh, yeah. I, that i'm not doing good yeah. but in reality those are your goals for you based on what you grew up mm-hmm. you, those are your goals for me now if that's a standard that you say mm-hmm. and then we agree upon it and we work to it guess what i am going to try to have a manicured lawn i didn't when i grew up but mm-hmm. i'm gonna do it for you and try and agree upon it right because yeah um, I want people not to hear that if your wife or if your husband mm-hmm. says, I'm lowering my standards, that's about the realist, kind of realistic, pragmatic thing you can do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because people are always comparing, like my clients are always comparing themselves or their marriage to other people's. Mm-hmm. So-and-so has this. So-and-so looks like this. And their expectations are way up here based on culture or pornography mm-hmm. or media or anything else out there that mm-hmm. doesn't work for marriage. So, yes, everybody listening to this show, lower your expectations of your wife, lower them of your husband, and you probably will be happier. Yeah, I was going to say... Does that, does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, what I was going to say is if you lower your expect, When I lowered my expectation, I was able to raise my enjoyment level. Yes. And, and part of it is, too, like, you you are not like my dad. Like my dad doesn't ride motorcycles and hunt. My dad is a CEO and is like the opposite of that. Right. And so in a way, my expectation that you would behave like my white collar father, although you have a white collar job, but like you are a blue collar person. Like you're a redneck. You're all the colors. You're a rainbow. (laughs) But you know what I mean? (laughs) Like expecting you to have that type of behavior when so much of your person is so different from right. my family of origin and my dad mm-hmm. that um, when once I was able to lower that expectation of the house needs to look and feel like this, I need to own these things to whatever, mm-hmm. then I was able to just be present with you in a mm-hmm. more uh, more more present way, I guess. Right. So I like that. I like your ta- that you're taking it that way and saying, let's not only say lower your expectation because that does sound really crappy. Yeah. So this is a position where there is a very clear dichotomy right Mm -hmm. i am not saying okay your husband's a piece of junk and doesn't you know play he plays video games all day Mm -hmm. well i'm just gonna have to lower my expectations because you know i love him but he hasn't had a job for six months and (laughs) playing you know yeah i don't know 
World of Warcraft or whatever, that is terrible. So I want I want you to make your expectations realistic, but always shoot for high expectations that are agreed upon with your marriage. Yeah. Because guess what, girlfriend? Mm-hmm. You and I, we have very high expectations. Mm-hmm. We want to build the crap out of this thing mm-hmm. and we're going to and we have right that is a very high standard that is a very high expectation that we are driven to do right mm-hmm. but if i think that you're going to be the picture perfect housewife that's going to have you know a nighty on you know f- six six nights out of the week and all this stuff or i don't even know i'd have thought of that yeah yeah i don't know Please either. Do. no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> or you know dinner in the perfect house and kids all, that that those are just unrealistic expectations mm-hmm. so that's what i'm saying maybe it's not like lower expectations maybe it's like yo brother get real get with real your expectations, expectations yeah. and accept them accept mm-hmm. your partner for who they are and then encourage one another mm-hmm. to level up yeah and i do think often like as we said when i got married when when I, for me coming into marriage, I had no expectations of myself, but loads of expectations for you. And I think that most people are that way. Most people think, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's, it's them that needs it's to them, figure me. it out. And really all you're saying is, oh, I know what I prefer. I know my opinions. I know my expectations. Right. They're the ones that have to change to meet them. Yeah. So there needs, I think it would be so healthy to have these really, um, calm normal conversations use the workbook yeah. you know and and to facilitate the conversations of where are these expectations coming from what are the expectations and it can mm-hmm. be anything from how you keep your car clean to how you raise your children to how you pay your bills who pays your bills but you have to be in agreement because you cannot go mm-hmm. oh if if they would do my goals I have for them, things would be so much better. Yeah, if they would live the life I have in my mind for their life. <laughs> yeah, are you yeah, kidding? That isn't helpful or good, and that's what we were both doing. Yes. Really un- unknowingly doing those things. Right. The one last thing that I wanted to say that is in my notes about this episode that I really loved is this idea that I use the analogy of our expectations predominantly being expressed through negativity, like a dog wearing a shock mm. collar. Mm-hmm. Like it has no idea where the electric fence is or the the like invisible fence right it has no clue it looks out into the yard and it goes i can run anywhere and then it runs and runs and runs and and it's like what just happened uh, eventually it knows Uh, yeah but after how many how much pain right so it is that is how i think people most people are expressing their expectations through the negative filter of Uh you didn't fulfill it you didn't fulfill it you're not like my dad you're not like my mom you're not what i thought instead of productively proactively going Mm -hmm. this is the boundary like i'll show you where the fence is dog here it is and whatever um made it sound like i was yeah dog here's the fence but (laughs) you know what i mean and i think that that's a really important thing especially for if someone is has a sort of a critical bent or is more prone to being critical or they have sarcasm in their family or negativity that they're it's common for them to really have an eye on you're going to probably express most of your expectations through this negative, like invisible fence shock collar vibe. And that is not great. And then, yeah. And that is a very passive aggressive way to do things because whether you knew this or not, like use the like actual name brand invisible fence for a dog thing. Mm -hmm. But in therapy terms, like we've talked about the rubber fence, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, there is called an invisible fence and this was created like, you know, years mm-hmm. before the real invisible fence. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I don't know where the fence is. I don't know, but I know when I cross it. Yeah. You know, because mm-hmm. my mom or my spouse or whoever says some weird critical comment mm-hmm. that isn't explicitly saying, hey, this is my boundary. You do not go over yeah, there yeah. because I feel too uncomfortable because of my past trauma. I can't handle that. Mm-hmm. Instead, they make some weird thing, like passive aggressive. They get upset. They get quiet. Mm-hmm. They get they snubby leave. or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So that's the invisible fence that family members and family of origin and spouses mm-hmm. come to, right? Mm-hmm. And what is that? That is a unexpressed expectation, a goal for the other person. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, they should know they shouldn't do that mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I can't handle it or whatever. But instead, if they were clear around that, mm-hmm. listen, when you do this, it makes me feel this. And I know it's my own stuff, but uh, I can work on it. I'm making you aware of it that when you do that, I may get weird. Mm-hmm. And then the other person hopefully will be like, okay, you know, I didn't know that. Can mm-hmm. I help you? Mm-hmm. Can I help you through this trauma? Can we talk about it and enrich our relationship? Mm-hmm. Instead of so many families go, we don't talk about that. We do not go there. Mm-hmm. It's too uncomfortable. And you're like, 
I don't know what I just did, but I just caught crossed the fence and I got the crap shocked out of me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah. So reminds me of when we ate hamburgers in Iceland and we didn't know the invisible fence was you're supposed to use a fork and a knife. <laughs> so literally what I thought of. And there yeah. we were looking like cavemen. Yeah. <laughs> Sloppy mustard everywhere. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, with um, like some weird shark. Yeah, uh, shark patty. Shark <laughs> fermented mustard. shark patty. Right. I love this episode. Again, I know I say it about almost all of Which them. Which one, the first one or this one right now? Both. But I love episode number six. You should know this already. I think it's mm-hmm. just such a beautiful sort of uh, expressive, unbelievably eye-opening way to look at expectations, which are some of the most damaging things within a marriage when they're when they're not explicitly conveyed or communicated, right. when they're not um, worked through in a way that is helpful and mm-hmm. good, and they're not agreed upon. Yeah, you know, these really are the things people get divorced about. And Easily, they, they don't know how to talk about them, and we didn't know how to talk about them. No. And so I think we knew how to be we damaging knew, to one another. Yeah. We knew how to be passive aggressive or like mean or rude or cutting or critical mm-hmm. or biting. We knew how to be the shock caller of yeah. expectations. That's about all we knew. So mm-hmm. we hope that this is helpful for you. We really, truly hope that you are doing three things that you're sharing the podcast mm-hmm. with other people, other, you know, that could be your church community, your friends at in school, your coworkers that I don't care, your mom, your sister, your brother, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Share this show with people, help them and their relationships. The second thing that we really want you to do is get the workbook. So go to anatomyofmarriage.com and get the workbook. It's twenty four ninety nine. Yeah, It is the cost of less than a single therapy session, like by a lot. So go do that cost five lattes (laughs) and so go get the workbook i you know work through it at your own pace but it goes along with each episode so go check that out at Mm -hmm. anatomyofmarriage.com and then the third thing is please rate and review the show um, if you don't like the echoes or something, if you don't like that I am... But you cut those out. I know, but I mean, like, people will give, like, two-star reviews for the rudest things. And I'm like, so here I am pouring out my life's work for you. I really don't like how Melanie says this. I think she's did stop two stars. But I've been listening for 300 episodes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was some <laughs> Becky or Karen from who knows It just where. makes me... It's just weird. But, yeah. but for all of you who have rated and reviewed the show, thank you from the bottom of our hearts it's yeah. really a uh, such a gift that you're giving back to us so please rate and review the show head That's to right. anatomyofmarriage.com to get the workbook and share the show with your friends and let me say one more thing so we are going to be in louisville kentucky mm-hmm. in about two days right mm-hmm. for the he said she said conference if you guys are around the louisville louisville area Come check us out. Come say hello. If you don't get in and go tickets, just say hello in front of the venue. We don't just, be a Louisville sluggard. Don't be a Louiser. <laughs> Louiser. <laughs> Isn't that, that funny? funny? We'll also be in Franklin, Tennessee, too. So uh, hit us up. And if we're if you're around, come say, hey, we'd love, yeah. literally love to meet you yeah. and hang out. But so. seriously, look up the He Said, She Said conference at Big Church in Louisville. We are so excited. I have got so many amazing slides, so many amazing things that we're going to teach. It's going to be fun. There's going to be men's and women's breakout sessions with gender and sex and intimacy we're going to do communication in the clearing structure we're going to do navigating differences and then after that we're going to go eat somewhere and hang out and have some drinks somewhere that is guy fieri approved that's i think it's fieri i know but i say guy fieri it's funny but so please check those things out it's money my brother (laughs) (laughs) all of that stuff and we love you guys we are we just love you yes all right thanks guys have a lovely day all right Bye. bye